party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week on the show, I am joined once again by Liz Chapratical for a playthrough of her new game, Afterlife Wandering Souls. You know Liz from her previous appearances on the show in her previous games, Witch, Faded Souls, and Familiars of Terra. Afterlife Wandering Souls is her new game about, well, wandering souls in the afterlife. Souls that ended up not in the good place, not in the bad place, but in sort of a place of exploration, where they have to wander through a mysterious landscape, you know, re-experiencing some of their old memories with new magical, mystical abilities. It's very cool and interesting and introspective, and I'm a big fan of the game. It's currently on Kickstarter. I think you should go help make it happen. I'm really excited for it, and I kind of can't wait to own it, which is true of all of Liz's games. They're all very, very good. You can find more information about Afterlife Wandering Souls and a link to the Kickstarter in the show notes. Speaking of things you can find in the show notes, last week's episode, A Cool and Lonely Courage, the game is currently on Kickstarter. You can also find a link to that in the show notes, as well as in the show notes to last week's episode. Go back and make that game a reality, because as you heard last week, it's a really, really special game. One more thing before we dive in, I've got some Patreon backers to thank. Thank you very, 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 very much to John Bruce, Nick and Cameron Robinson, and Riley for your contributions to the the Patreon. It is... Your work is helping me create cool things, and I deeply, deeply appreciate it, and I hope you just go all go on to have, like, an awesome day. Like, one of those days where you just kind of knock things out, and you do really well, and you look back at the end of the day, and you're like, damn, I kicked ass today. That's the day that I hope you have today. If you'd like to support me on Patreon, which covers all of the cool stuff that I do across podcasting, game design, community support, all of that kind of stuff, you can find that at patreon.com slash jeffstormer. And with all that said, let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down once again with Liz Chapratical. Liz, thank you so much for coming back on Party of One. Thank you for having me, Jeff. I'm very excited to be here. I am very, very excited. to. I'm excited to get to this, this week's game. So, Liz, why don't you take a moment? Tell us what we're playing this week. All right, so this week we are going to play Afterlife Wandering Souls. It's our newest game for Angry Hamster Publishing. And the premise of Afterlife is you play someone called a wanderer. And you have died, but you didn't end up going where you were meant to go. So you didn't go to heaven, you didn't go to hell, you didn't get reincarnated, you didn't go to the vast nothingness. Instead, you end up in a place called the Tenebris, which is an endless desert. And you have to wander the desert to reconnect with your past memories and figure out kind of who you were and make peace with who you were in order to pass on. Okay. I love it. A a, a hell of a pitch. I'm very excited. (laughs) So we are doing character. Character creation is part of the game. And so we are going to create a character live here, go through the whole character creation process, and the end result of which will be a character that our listeners will be able to kind of look at and view uh, at the end of our, our journey. Indeed. Yeah. So basically character creation happens in game and you get to do some dice rolling to kind of see what happens. But a lot of it is just role play and Mm -hmm. you coming to terms with the fact that you are now no longer living. (laughs) Love it. Super cool. Very, very excited. Should I just start? Uh, Yeah, let's go ahead and dive in. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, All right. So you awake and kind of the last thing that you remember is the fading of a distant light and everything getting dark. You don't exactly remember pain, euphoria, happiness, not any of the feelings associated with it. All you remember is kind of a closing of a bright light. And when you awake, you hear the soft lapping of water against wood, and you feel yourself gently rocking back and forth. 
Okay. I yeah, I, I, I sort of feel about with my hands to kind of make sure that I'm on somewhat steady ground and then sort of push myself up to kind of look around, get a feel of my surroundings, figure out where I am and what's going on. So under your hands, you feel kind of the damp boards of what must be a ship of some, hmm. at least that's what you make out when you look around. Um, right above you, you're, uh, you're laying prone on the ground. You don't see much of anything. It's dark um, as far as the eye can see, but it's not exactly, it's not exactly as if there's no light to kind of percept things with, because when you look from side to side, you see the sides of a very large boat that you're on. But for some reason, the sky is completely black. And you see at the end of the boat, there's a hooded figure. kind. I, you know, squint my eyes to kind of make out this hooded figure as I kind of try to sort of awkwardly shuffle to my feet in that way of if you've ever tried to stand up on a boat, like it never looks graceful or, or easy. So I just kind of like clamor to my feet and hobble my way towards this hooded figure to, I don't know, I guess, get get an idea of where we are and where we're going. Actually, you know, when when you try to like, you know, you you do the awkward boat dance, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, what do you see when you look down? I mean, do you see like expensive shoes, cheap shoes? Do you see the color of your skin? Do you see hard worn hands? What do you look like? Uh, what do I look like? I think I, I look down and I see, I think I see like Crocs, like sort of the, and I've got scrubs. I see my scrubs and my Crocs, right? Like my, my, my blue smock and my blue pants and my Crocs. And they are, they are sort of a garish, I guess at this point kind of muted and dark, but they, they're still kind of garish and neon. And they mm-hmm. kind of clash with the very muted blues and the pitch darkness that is all around, like and like the the dark the dark you know endless black sky. There you still get that faint glimpse of like neon plastic glow coming from the gaudy, awkward but incredibly comfortable shoes. Okay, so you uh, you struggle to your feet on your Crocs. Uh, at least when you stand, it's comfortable, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what matters. and you make your way to the end of the boat and um as you walk towards the end what you realize is that the boat is larger than uh, what you expected and actually there's kind of debris on either side of you but you're 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 focused you know you want to you want to know where you are you want to know who's in front of you um and as you walk up to this large hooded figure you realize that this figure is much taller than any human could be around seven eight feet in height and um, it says nothing, and it simply stands there. And through the darkness, even as you get about you know two meters away or so, I would say, you're not able to make out any features underneath it. I reach a hand forward, and I catch a glimpse of the very nice watch on my wrist. And I kind of just, like, try to put a hand on, if not a shoulder, then a side, like, somewhere. Like, some, I try to push through the fabric to feel some sort of solid and just sort of get the attention of, of this figure as best I can. Sl- hands slightly shaking as I sort of push through these robes, searching for some sort of flesh to kind of nudge at. You reach out to the robes and the moment that you touch them, they fall to the ground, mm. completely empty. Um, 
that's not great. And I look back, I look around to see if there's, is the boat still moving? You turn around and you see a few meters away, the figure standing behind. Facing me or facing? Facing you, of course. I lean in and try to like, get its attention as best I can and say, hello, um, where am I? Okay, so you uh, you lean forward and you try to get its attention. Um, and at this point, you hear a voice. Um, not particularly coming from the figure in front of you, but coming from all around you. And it seems to it, it seems to be familiar, this voice, as if you've known it your entire life. And it says, hello, I'm happy to see you here. Where is he? I'm, am I happy to be here? Where is here? You are on the boat. Uh, I appreciate your directness, but in a broader sense, where where are we, boat aside? You are traveling from the land of the living to a land of the dead. Wait, 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 wait. Land of the lit. Does that mean that I'm? If I were, then I wouldn't be. And I sort of slump over and sit against the side of the boat as I try to, like, reason this out and, like, rationalize. But I'm talking to... The figure gives you as much time as you need. Um, It doesn't seem to be bothered with what... Um, And you see it as you kind of, like, slump down. It moves to the front of the boat again. And the boat is indeed still moving. What you assume is forward. No, I need, I need more explanation. Uh, That's, you can't just say that to someone and then go back to your post. Is that your post? Is this your job? Are you? Oh, you're a black hooded figure. Okay. Am I to be something else? The hooded figure asks you. No, I, it feels a little on the nose, but I suppose the, the lingering images linger for a reason, I guess. And uh, when you uh, when you mention uh, lingering images, the uh, the figure seems to uh, it seems to pique the figure's interest, and it says, uh, "What can you remember? What uh, what is your strongest memory?" At this point, I'm going to ask you to roll some dice for me. Excellent! I'm very excited. <laughs> um, I would like you to roll me one d six and then another d six, and just read oh. them out to me in order. Okay, my first d six is a four. And my second d6 is a six. All right. Um, and this is uh, this is kind of you, you fragments of memories start mm-hmm. to kind of call back to you. And during character creation, what I'm going to ask you to do is to uh, to make some choices and answer some questions for me about these memories that you recall. Totally. Um, and the first memory is that you cannot forget the sea, the black waters all around you call to you. You lived most of your life by the ocean. The waves made you strong. What lesson did you from the sea? Not to take it lightly. It was beautiful and serene in the best of times. But to never think that it wasn't dangerous or that it couldn't hurt or harm or ruin. It was to be taught to to know... To respect it, but to to be prepared for it to unleash its worst, even at that those moments where you could look out and swear you could see forever, to f- 
to never think to never think of it as less than an uneasy truth that it could always destroy like it could always bring pain and so it was a it, it's an uneasy uneasy partnership or an uneasy truth and to i i i learned to never take it lightly because there were always people coming in who were hurt and who were in peril because they took the sea to all right so these these memories flood back to you and the figure makes a motion to look around. Um, at least you see its hood kind of moving from side to side. And it says, uh, it kind of motions with one of its long um, arms. And it says, uh, do you fear these waters then? Fear is a strong word. I understand it's what it's capable of. Maybe a little bit of fear. Maybe it's not even that strong of a word. If I guess there's not really a sense in posturing with you here so yeah a little bit what can one who is dead fear you know that's a really good point i guess i never thought about it like that the uh, the boatman nods um, puts on his arm and just listens to what you're saying and there's there doesn't seem to be much judgment within its voice but uh, a questioning and uh, it kind of starts to question you a bit more about uh, about your life to help you unlock a little bit of why who you are and why you're here. The voice says uh, there were moments in your life, memories you can seared into the back of your skull. They're distant, now foggy concepts lost in time. But you remember a brief idea, don't you, of what these memories could be? And uh, he pushes you a little bit more for some more memories of your past. So I'm going to ask you to roll more dice, please. All right. Um, and basically what we've already done is we've created your character's core. So that's mm-hmm. the base of your stats. And now we're going to create your attributes. Okay. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to um, give you some points in body, mind, and soul. And you'll be able to distribute these between the attributes. Cool. So... I would like you to please roll me 2d6 and read them out as a double-digit number. So 66, for instance? Sounds great. Oh, 66. Oh, no, just wanted to double-check. I got Uh, a 34. 34. Let's... All right, you have one very, well, interesting memory. It's actually the first, maybe the strongest one that comes to... You were kidnapped. And uh, you have a couple of choices here. It was just as you planned. You knew you could escape or it was your fault. I knew I could escape. Actually, I'm going to go with it was my fault. No, no, this is these are this is a very good. This is very good. I want it noted that this is those are the fact that they're all very good choices. What do I There's no wrong choice. It's only your past. I like, I'm actually going to go with the, the third option of, uh, it was my, it was my plan as I planned all along. I, okay. I have a memory of walking, like walking into a space and having a blindfold put on me and being put into a car and driving and having the blindfold taken off and putting a pair of gloves on and knowing that and and knowing that 
I was not in a safe place and that I was not safe, but that 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 was what needed to happen for me to do what I do and do what I do best. And and I, oh. I but I remember that I remember that experience of kind of nodding and 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 accepting it as the blindfold went on and going, "Okay, let's go and let's let's do this and let's save someone." Oh, interesting. Okay, I like that. I like that. Um, roll me another one, please. We're going right. to do a couple of these. All right. Double digit number? Yes, please. All right. That is a 22. 22. You stole something. And you have a couple options here. Because it was fun. Because you needed it. Or to punish someone. Oh, it was... It was fun. It was... It was because it was... It was fun, and I was young, and, you know, you, you take things like, you find yourself in a position of power, and you find yourself in a position of authority, and the stress is high, so you take some things, and you just kind of do it in order to say that you did it. And you know you're gonna get caught, and you know that you're gonna get chewed out, you know that the... You know that your your advisor is going to yell at you for, you know, stealing pads and things like that, but that's being young, you know? That's that's being young and cocky. I was cocky. I was I was arrogant and reckless. Well, I guess being dead gives you a lot of perspective on stuff like You uh when you when you say like, you know, it gives me perspective, you know, I was cocky. The, uh, the bullpen seems almost like, you know, you feel this voice leading you through these questions and you feel it almost tug at the memory if bring it forward first. And I'm going to ask you a question actually about mm-hmm. this memory. When you were stealing things, one time someone asked you to bring them along. Who was it? It was my best friend. His name is And Anders knew that I had been takings from the back room and knew that I had been, you know, knew that I had been stealing stuff. Nothing big, but, you know, a prescription pad here or there. And when I described doing it, he threatened to rat me out if I didn't take him along so he could... He said he wanted to steal a toe, but I think really he just kind of wanted to be there. Like he wanted to be part of it. Yeah, exactly. It was a very specific kind of request that I think he didn't really think through as much as he was just like, I want to I want to take that. And so he was there. And sure enough, that was the exact time that we got caught and chewed out. And then it was extra bad because I brought somebody else in who was not part of staff. And part of me wonders, had I not had I put my foot down and said, no, you're being obnoxious, like, get out of my face, had things had gone differently, and had I might have ended up in a different place. Well, you uh, you, rem- you sort of question these things. And as you focus on these questions, the memory of Anders, like, which is so strong and kind of pure in your mind, um, as the as the boatman kind of tugged it forward to until you're standing there kind of musing on your situation, you know, maybe gaining some perspective on who you were. Mm-hmm. And you can't remember the name of this person. And you can't remember their face. All you have is kind of this shapeless person in the memory. 
that you're desperate to know who they are. You know that they were important to you, but you don't know why. And um, I'm going to ask you to roll me this place. Okay. That is a two and a three, a 23. You were embarrassed because you did something stupid. You hurt someone or something totally random happened. I think I, I think I was, I think I was embarrassed because I, because I did something. I think I was embarrassed because I went on a joyride and crashed a boat, like a little tiny, like two person fishing boat, just, you know, hit the gas and crashed it into the dock. It wasn't that I, it wasn't even that I was like impaired or like being reckless. I just didn't really know what I was doing and I insisted that I did. And so surely I can drive, I can drive a car. Why can't I drive a boat? And, and the memory that I have is, is that moment right as like the boat was starting to sink and I had just sort of clawed my way onto the dock and sitting on the edge of the dock and watching that boat fill with water and just hearing those words ringing in my head of, well, I can drive a car. Of course I can drive a boat. And just hearing that and hearing it. And that's the specific moment of embarrassment that I remember is, is hearing is, is that, that voice just ringing and echoing again and again. All right. You um you hear almost amusement you think in uh, the person's voice, and it says, uh, "You were sure of yourself, weren't you?" I'm glad that you're enjoying this, but yes, I I thought I could do no wrong. I thought that I had made it through the hard part, and that where I was was the victory lap i guess you could call it are you sure of yourself now no i mean no not really even a little bit i feel like all of the rules have or at least it seems like that should be the case i don't know if it is but it sure feels like everything everything feels different even if it feels so no i i don't feel sure of my all right roll me another Two more memories to go. That is a 16. Ooh, there's a party. All right, a party. And you love it there. I do. You want to go home or your mind is elsewhere? Uh, I think I, I think I love it. I think there is, there is danger and there is excitement and I've kind of got that aura. Like I, I I feel like I shouldn't be here and I, I, and it all just, feels it reminds me of that feeling of getting away with something it's that feeling that Uh it's that that rush of oh i'm doing something i'm hanging out with people i'm in a place that i shouldn't be that's interesting um all right and one more time for me please all right that is a 33 you're really a lot of doubles oh you broke someone's trust who was it? A best friend, a colleague, or a protege? It was it was a protege. It right. was the day that the memory is I have a box in my hand of various things and I'm walking down a hallway and I'm an undergrad just looking 
shock and ointment in their eyes and the 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 visual that is frozen in my brain is my own body mid shrug as i try to uh, shrugging my shoulders as i hold this heavy box of knickknacks and office supplies and you know cd's and things i just give this shrug and looking at it now feeling this memory now it's almost low the sort of laissez-faire attitude of that shrug that well what are you gonna do and it's so many it, it is the the surrendering to so many things that i could have done differently had i been less reckless had i stood up for myself more had i done so many things differently that shrug like that shrug was me using to acknowledge any of the things i could have done differently. all right as you, uh, as you kind of memory and, uh, you know, you feel as if you're about to kind of exit this, so to say, because, you mm-hmm. know, you're watching all these memories as if you're a viewer, you feel another tug. The boatman is kind of tugging this memory forward. And as you, as you exit, you, uh, you hear a voice behind you of, uh, that says, uh, no, you're not getting off that easy. You can't just walk away from this. What am I gonna do? Am I gonna am I gonna fight it? Am I gonna gonna cha- try and you know fight City Hall? It's a bad analogy here, but and I as I I hear this. Yes, that's what I should have done. That's what I should have done, and then I didn't, and it all changed because of that. You uh, you see tears welling in this person's eye. And uh, they, uh, they, they say, you let me down. You let us all down. I feel it then, and I feel it now. And then I, I just say, I don't know what to tell you. And now I'm just, I, I've, I've fully slumped down, and my head is in my hands, and I'm like, I really, really, I, 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 I did. And I'm sorry, and I can't change that, and I can't take it back, and he did let a lot of people down. I can't believe I couldn't own that. I can't believe I couldn't have accepted that. And at the time, I, 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 I'm just, I don't know what to tell you. Probably shouldn't have counted on me, though. You uh, you say that, and basically, uh, you're, the protege goes to open their mouths to, and you know at this very moment, as you're watching this, you know that they're going to kind of open up in a tirade give some sort of explanation some sort of backstory to this memory so you Mm -hmm. know the context you know what you did and as they start their voice starts to get distanced and you know you again you notice the clouding of the face all of a sudden you can't recognize their features anymore and their voice just gets distant and and you're pulled away from that scene back onto the rocking of the boat the uh the boatman kind of uh, looks down at you. Uh, so many regrets. Yeah. I. You asked me if I was sure of myself. I guess that's part of it. Is I don't feel like I had any regrets. I don't feel like I. I didn't. Or I think I didn't have any. And now I do. And I, I don't even. I don't even know if I'm. I don't even know if I'm me anymore. Because me wouldn't have, me didn't never felt this. And now I am feeling it through and through. And I don't know. I, I guess 
I don't really feel like myself. Am I supposed to feel like myself? Is that how being dead works? How can one be anything other than themselves? Fair point. It says, uh, perhaps that is simply the nature of regret. When one is looking back at a life that they cannot grasp. You're pretty good at this. I guess that's probably your whole deal. It says without like a hint of comedy yep. in its yep. voice. <laughs> um, all right. The, uh, the boat ride continues for a while as you sit and, and you notice that uh, in a um, finally you realize what the light source is because actually there is the briefest, the smallest pinpoint of light that you see in the distance that the boat is very obviously heading toward. And I, 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 I climb back to my feet, stare out at it, and I kind of figure and I look out at it and I'm like, is that? Yes. And um, he, uh, he answers you very simply. It will not be long now uh, until you are where you are meant. Okay. Uh, well, I guess we just wait then. Before you leave, is there anything you wish to? And uh, as he says this, you feel a few truths being pulled out of you. Even if you want to maybe stop them mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> from being spoken uh roll me uh 2d6 and you can read them as a double digit number double digit number yeah 64 64 let's see the first thing you say is i hated where i was i think that's fair that's yeah that sounds right that sounds right um roll me another two 14 i was in hiding okay Interesting. I'm digging it. As uh, as you say this, it stops as he's kind of compelling you. You feel like, you know, basically you get like a breath almost as you feel like kind of this wrench in your chest lighten for a second. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, hiding from what? I... I did people wrong. I hurt people. People... I... Again, I guess I don't see a whole lot of reason in lying and saying that I told myself that I was just reckless, that it was always just reckless, but I knew what I was. I I hurt someone that I thought needed to be hurt, but I did it when they were in a position to trust me. I was in hiding as much from that realization that I had abused the position that I had put myself in because I put myself in that position because I accepted those terms and I got in that car and I drove there. I was driven there and I could have said no at any time and I didn't. I I was hiding from the knowledge that I had done what I had done and that I had broken the rules that I had given myself and also from the fact that if they were to find me they I'd say kill me, but I guess that doesn't have a lot of stake. I guess that doesn't have a lot of meaning now. But, you know, you have to understand at the time that was a very real threat. What made you so reckless? I had accomplished what I set out to do. I told myself that I was going to, and and I did. I told myself, I set, I set my goals, and I, I, I hit them all, and I guess I had told myself, well, you, you, you did it. You win. 
that I didn't have to anything, that I didn't have to consider anything, that I had done every now was kick back and have fun. You, uh, you hear the, uh, the man, the creature, the being in front of you, uh, let out a hollow laughter. And, Again, uh, real glad that you're loving this, because this is agony. He says, uh, it is interesting the truth you weave from the memories you are unable to keep. Tell me another truth, and uh, please roll me two dicks. So he pulls another truth out of you. 45. Hope was a foreign concept to you. Yes, to, uh, that rings as... Yeah, that tracks. That checks out. <laughs> and uh, he uh, he releases uh, this kind of vice grip on your chest. You don't feel as if you need to make any more confessions. <sighs> but uh, you see, and you see the light behind uh, this uh, this being getting brighter, almost creating a halo behind uh, behind the creature's head. And it says, uh, "Do you think you're going to?" There's. No way I'm going to a good place, right? I don't, that's, there's no way, that, if you'd asked me a week ago, I might have given a different answer, but I don't think there's any way that I'm going to a good, I think that's just baseline self-awareness. What warrants entrance to a good place? I assume there have to be rules, and I assume I have to have broken them by just virtue of not paying attention to anything, any set of rules. So you're punished for ignorance? I guess that's what it would be. And that seems unfair. Now I'm not so sure. Well, the question is whether you live within a system with a creator such as you, or whether you live in a different system, is it not? Is that not the question then? That is the question. I never gave it a whole lot of thought. It says, uh, well, you will have plenty of time to think where you are going. Will I, then? Why wouldn't you? If you still exist, then you have time to think, do you not? Fair point. Um, all right. At this point uh, in character creation, what we would do is actually calculate a few of your pools. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll just explain that briefly so you and uh, your listeners kind of know what that is, and then we'll just mm-hmm. go on to the next part of role play. Cool. But basically, you have two pools besides for your core stats. So every time you make a, ro- a check in Afterlife, you're going to roll an attribute plus your core stat in D6s. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have other derived pools. So you have your concept pools and you have your vitality pools. And what your concept pools are are kind of currency you can use in the game. So let's say um, that you need to make a check and you need two successes and you only get one. Sure. You can use a linked concept pool to spend a point um, and get that extra success. Okay. And you can kind of bid up higher and higher as long as you have concept points to kind of put in extra effort into what you want. Gotcha. And then you have vitality pools. And basically what your vitality pools are, are kind of your state of being. So they're your health, your will. So your will to kind of go on and continue mm-hmm. as a wanderer. And something we call your hunger, which is basically your means. So it's how well you're cared for, how much money you have, um, kind of, you know, disposable income, but also like food, sure, water, and all that type of stuff. Cool. These points you can spend 
um, but more rarely. But often they're just going to be removed from you. So you're going to have health removed when you take damage, right. et cetera, et cetera. That makes sense. So at this point, we would calculate your pools. Um, I will do that later for us. <laughs> and we can move on to the next part of character creation. Cool, cool, cool. The light, uh, the light gets brighter, and as you breathe out, kind of the last bits of your memory, and as you, as you kind of focus and you contemplate, and you know, like you, you have in your mind maybe that you're not going to the best place. Mm-hmm. These memories, even though they're kind of seared into your mind, and you remember the basis of them, it's hard for you to keep them. You know, mm-hmm. even down to like what you were wearing or like a look you saw in someone's eyes, it's very hard for you to keep them with you. Nearing the boat's end destiny, the boatman uh, looks down at you and it says, uh, I have a gift. All right, then. He produces something from within. And um, what you see is a bright kind of ball of light. He says, uh, this will guide you in the darkness. And uh, he passes it to you, and it starts to shape in your hands. And it turns into, it turns into a bow. He says, uh, this is your approach. What does, uh, what does this bow look like? It's a bow like an archery bow. It is um, very mechanic, rugged sort of modern sportsman-esque, the kind of thing you would see in a luxury store, the kind of thing you, in sort of the luxury aisle, the sort of luxury aisle of, like, a sporting goods store, that sort of, like, elaborate mechanical compound bow. Oh, it's like what Green Arrow uses, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is it flashy like your Crocs, or is it just, like, or is it just, does it look like the Cadillac of bows? Uh, I think it is like uh, chrome, like chrome blue. Like it has like a very like it it, it, it hits the light and that blue really glows on it. But -hmm. it's got a lot of like black, uh, you know, padding around it. Like the the wiring is all black with that chrome blue um, with the chrome blue body. Like it, it, it looks it looks kind of obnoxious in its own way. Okay, but like also good. Also yeah. good though. Alright, I see it. I see it. So basically what your approach is is each wanderer has an approach. They get a bow, a seal a shield, or a sword. And these are basically the only type of weapons that you have um in the and you're able actually to define different things about them. For example, your bow could do something like shoot memories. Mm-hmm. But at as you go deeper into defining what your approach is. It also gets more specified. So if your bow shoots memories, obviously it's not going to be shooting arrows at people and hurting right. them, but it might be hurting them mentally. Um, so that's kind of what you get. And there are people is who have given up their search for past lives and they are called the unrequited. And the unrequited have approaches as well, but their approaches are different because they kind of change and morph as they get more and more corruption, corrupted by hopelessness. Sure. And they, uh, they become um, different. Than- so he, uh, he, give, he passes you this approach and you see it solidify and, and he says, uh, use it well. I will. And of course, you, uh, a, quitter, a quiver forms on your back as well. Thank you for this. I He says, uh, it was always with you. I simply helped it take shape. Nonetheless, your efforts are appreciated. His pockets, and he says, to take with you. 
And at this point, I would like you to roll me some dice, please. All roll right. me two d six. Yes. Um, and just read them. Read it one after another, please. All right. That is a five. Yep. And a four. All right. So the two items he pulls out of his um, sleeves are a rusty chisel and some aged bandages. Which ones do you choose? Though I have a feeling. Uh, I'm going to deal with the bandages. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> All right. So basically um, what this does um, is it kind of shows what your character has a penchant for. Mm-hmm. And uh, you gain something called a talent. Um, and the boatman explains that all of your kind fleshy things have abilities where you are going to. Uh, he says, I should not have been surprised uh, you chose this. And uh, the power you get is, and you are the bow. So your power is called clarity and you can heal ailments of the mind. Um, and for your first kind of choice, you get to choose from three things. You get to, you could remove memories, temporarily provide relief for an emotional event, or implant a suggestion. I think I am going to gain the ability to temporarily remove ailments. Okay. Because I like the idea that it feels like, that feels to me like it, a little bit of, you know, I, I, I feel that sense of clarity and I almost feel that sense of almost weaponized recklessness if that makes sense it's that sense of that sense of shaking off those the feelings that burden you embrace that sense of i can do anything oh i like that awesome all right that sounds good uh, all right and then finally um you notice the light getting brighter and, and brighter he says uh it's uh it is time for you to go Grab, uh, grab what you can, and and as he says this, you even hear his voice getting distance, and you notice that there's stuff on the on the deck of the boat, like there's water skins, there's um, there's buckets, there's all different types of things, almost like mm-hmm. you know trash heaps, <laughs> almost. Yeah. Um, so grab a couple things, and I need you to roll me two d six for this, though. I'm gonna all right. here. You're gonna grab a bunch of weird things to take with you. Oh, hell yeah. You know I love grabbing things. <laughs> There's a six and a two. A six and a two. You grab an ID card that changes three times into appropriate ID for any place you visit. Um, grab something else, please. You have a couple of things you can grab. So That is a two and a five. A box of exotic teas and spices that make it... Oh. Uh, roll I have, me... Guess I have to enjoy myself, right? <laughs> It's like, I'll just take those instead of the water skin. It'll be fine. Uh, Roll roll again for me, please. All right. One more time. One and four. One and four. Oh, rainbow colored markers that can write on anything. Um, So basically what this is, is um, there are things in the game called Curiosa. And these are strange, uh, basically magical items that you get that can just do strange, weird, fun things. Um, and you grab a couple of these off the boat before. Um, and as uh, as you leave, you hear the boatman say something. To and, and whatever he's saying rings very true. The last thing that you... After he tells you this truth, which again is fading as the darkness is fading, almost blinded by this bright light, is him saying, 
we shall meet again. I look forward to it. And then you are, uh, you're spewed out and you fall. You taste sand and grit in your mouth and you feel where you felt kind of this calming cold almost. You now feel this scorching, unbearable heat. And you look around and you see that uh, all around you, far as far as the eye can see, is an endless desert. And this yeah. is where character creation ends. Yo, that owned! <laughs> that was so cool! <laughs> so this is where you'd start your journey in the Tenebris Wanderer. That was really cool. I, 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 I want to... I want to play this game now. <laughs> and basically with each memory that you got, um, each memory kind of gets not burned into your skin, but you get a death mark, which is like a tattoo, like mm -hmm. sigil underneath your skin. Awesome. So, and through, um, through the game, you'll be able to unlock your death marks. So you actually play through the scenes that we talked about. Okay. Um, and then you, they, each of them have a unique power that you get to activate. It's kind of like a leveling process. Oh, that's so. super cool. Wow, I'm 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 delighted. That that was super super cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Like I I really enjoy rolling character creations. Like it's one of my favorite things ever since I played BattleTech oh, uh, sure. in university. It's just like what I can roll for things. Amazing. <laughs> I love rolling on tables. <laughs> yeah. You have to understand. Like rolling on tables is one of my favorite things. And so the fact that like I created this character and this like journey that is before me all through like rolling tables and interpreting results is like maximum level my jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like tables. Yes. More tables. please. <laughs> Forever tables. <laughs> <sighs> well thank you so much for coming on the show and, and taking me through the character creation process. This was super, super cool. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I love the answers that you had. And immediately there, you had such a strong character, you know, I, I knew where you were going and mm -hmm. it was great. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I, I think the questions and the choices really like gave a lot to that, right? Like as soon as I started thinking about it, like the questions, just everything kind of clicked into place. And I think that's the sign of like really effective character creation is when is when you kind of go through things and it feels obvious because you're like, because you start to zero in on something and you're like, oh, it's definitely that. Like, that's my favorite kind of character creation is when the random results start to feel like magic. So real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find uh, you, your work and the Kickstarter for Afterlife Wandering Souls online? Um, so we have a website. It's angryhamsterpublishing.com. We're also on Facebook under the same name, Angry Hamster Publishing, and on Twitter at Angry Hamster RPG. And you will be able to find links to our Kickstarter by the time this episode comes out everywhere on all of our social medias. So please check us out or just look on Kickstarter for Afterlife Wandering Souls. Heck yeah. And and you'll find their links will also be in the show notes. Please go back it and make it a reality because I want to own this game and play it. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, Liz. This was absolutely awesome. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Liz for coming on the show. That game was... Boy, I love that game. I really love playing that game. And I can't wait to own it and make it a reality. Please go check out Afterlife Wandering Souls on Kickstarter. Back it. You know, bring it to life. Hit its stretch goals. Make this game real because it is so, so very cool. And I loved it. You can find a link to that in the show notes. Also, go follow Liz and Angry Hamster Publishing at Angry Hamster RPG on Twitter. I, I really like their work. I like the games that they make. It is it is good. Go follow them. 
Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. Support the work that I do across podcasting, game design, and all the other cool stuff at Patreon.com slash Jeff Stormer. And if you really enjoyed the show, leave us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout out, or a word of mouth recommendation to a friend. All of those things help new listeners find the show, which helps us do bigger, better, and cooler things. Speaking of friends, let me tell you about a podcast that I make with my best friend called All My Fantasy Children. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, storytelling, and world building podcast on the One Shot Podcast Network, powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and I take a listener-submitted prompt, and we spin it into an original fantasy character, populating a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates or about promoting a game on the show, you can reach me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. Party on, everybody.